I don't know how to make a dry bone sound, though. So. <clears throat> See, I always just default to the Mario Kart 64 sounds. So, you know, you're just doing like Wario's weird voice or Donkey Kong's noises. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Johnny's not here, David. Please don't, yeah, don't come for his spot just because he took a vacation. Um, but cool. So no, I, know, um, I know exactly the Mario Kart sound I'm going to do. Excellent. Uh, then let's, uh, let's get ready for August gems. Um, you know, insane stacked episode that it's going to be. Let's get ready. Recording in five, four, three, two, one, make August gems happen now. Oh yeah. What's going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune Gems, and we're back in the house once again. It's a me, John Harrington, uh, and I've got my buddies David Fleming with me. David, say hey. Hi, I'm Daisy. <laughs> We've got Jesse Moore. Say hey. <laughs> That's, yes, excellent. Um, it'll make sense to somebody out there what just happened. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's not what we do around here at Game That Tune. We aren't really focused too much on making sense, uh, especially not on fantastic bonus episodes like Game That Tune Gems, the uh, Patreon-supported show where we listen to music from games released 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Um, and what a fantastic lineup we've got. What an absurd lineup, you might say. Uh, you know, this is a timely recording, of course. It's uh, it's Game That Tune Gems for the month of August. Uh, and we're looking at video games released in August of 1993, 2003, and 2013. Just a fantastic pile of games we got coming at us. Uh, so many, in fact. I mean, I really had to do some paring down on this episode. Like, uh, there's... There's a lot of stuff, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit less of uh, talking about things that we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> as fun as the music can be, uh, I, I got to tighten these shows up a little bit. So uh, I may have achieved that, maybe not. We'll see. This is going to be a long and unwieldy-ass episode of Gems. So really, we just got to start by hopping back in time to August of 1993. And like I said, guys, we're going to stop talking about games that we have no idea about. And, you know, we're going to start by talking about a game that I know we all know and love. A fantastic 16-bit platforming game uh, released for the SNES in uh, August of 1993, starring a beloved animal in his uh, starring role. Talking about Arrow, Arrow the Acrobat, hitting consoles for the first time, August 93. And we all played and loved Arrow the Acro-Bat. Yes, Jesse? You... You started this by saying we were only going to talk about games that we cared about. And then <laughs> the first game is one that I don't think any of us uh, would play. Are you saying you don't care about Arrow? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Damn. I'm quite <laughs> I'm quite a staunch anti-Arrow. Really? Um, you, yeah, you got a good anti-Arrow game? <laughs> yeah. Man. I, I remember actually playing this once oh, and i remember thinking like that's a lot it wasn't <laughs> terrible like it's it's not bubsy that's true i'll say that like it's not mario no. but it's not bubsy is it more awesome or less Put awesome on the box more awesome or less awesome than awesome possum i mean i don't think anything can be more awesome than awesome possum it's in his name right there in the title yeah, yeah. um do you think that this bat is more acrobatic than awesome possum for sure yes Feel like that's you know, that's a given. They wouldn't put it in his name if it weren't acrobatic. Uh, no, I'm, I'm you know I'm just kidding with you guys. I, this uh, it, like Jesse. So you are you actually anti this or is it just out of apathy? I've just never played this. Yeah, okay, and, good. Same. It's, you know, yeah. it, it's a thing I saw advertised in comics a lot. And yeah, just never never grabbed it. Uh, 
Just uh, never struck me as something I needed to grab. But it always looked kind of fun. Circusy. It's a bat. Bats are cool. Batman was big at the time. But uh, this this was not Batman, so it suffered from that. I feel like part of me knew that this was just their attempt at trying to get me to like it because it's Sonic the Hedgehog like. Right. Yeah. You know, animal with a like a little smirk or a grin. You know, doing cool early '90s stuff. They they were trying to get you, and they didn't. So you know, big fail on their part. Uh, you know, damn you, Fox Productions. Um, so we got two fantastic songs from Arrow the Acrobat, everybody's favorite. Uh, we've got the title theme and we've got Fun Park 2. Because, uh, I don't know if you know about this, uh, Arrow the Acrobat, apparently a lot of this game takes place in some circus-ass settings. So let's hear some circus-ass music. Mm.
Now I remember why I chose it. It's because it's circus-ass music, but it's got that 90s edge. So you got the saber dance with like a shitty guitar sample thrown in there. It's great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. God. Love uh, love circus music. It's, uh, it's just my clown heritage coming out, man. So uh, moving on from an SNES game that we didn't play to an SNES game that we probably didn't play, but felt a little bit more remorse for having not played. That's the important distinction. Like, you know, we knew not to play Air of the Acrobat, but did we know what we were missing out on by not playing the seventh saga? Did we it, know? From, <laughs> from what I've read about that game, it sounds pretty cool, and I yeah. feel bad I didn't play it. Yeah, yeah same. It's You're right. <laughs> like, uh, it's really something. It's like, it's a really hard, like, RPG kind of game. You're exploring the world, and it's like a... It's like a mode seven kind of look for, uh, you know, SNES. So like you're, you know, uh, walking around the world and when you get into a battle, like the camera pans and zooms in on the ground, you know, becomes your battlefield. And, uh, and there's know, a submarine in it. Uh, that's the first I'm hearing of it. That must be one of you know, the later sagas. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's an NX game and it seems super duper cool. And uh, yeah, no, I've never played it. David, what about you, man? Mr. Uh, Mr. SNES over there. Uh, Mr. SNES RPG. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, no, SNES, Mr. NX. If only there were a way to shorten those two and put them together. Um, so no, you know, you know, not a not a seventh Sagaman. Um, Sadly, no. <laughs> they okay. lost me after the fifth. You know, maybe we should throw this into the like the GTT Game Club mix. Like, you know, I feel like this game has probably got some fun to be discovered as long as you can kind of safe scum your way through it and not have to worry about the actual difficulty of it. Like. It seems like an interesting game where you're traveling the world and gathering companions and crossing paths with story characters. Um, but from what I understand, it's a very fucking hard game and uh, it does not have the best reputation. So I'm curious uh, to know how it holds up if you can not play it the way it was meant to be played. But uh, the important thing is that it's got pretty cool tunes. So we got two fantastic songs from The Seventh Saga and composer Norihiko Yamanuki. We've got uh, <clears throat> Legis Rimmel. Uh, I assume that's Jesse. What do you think? Do you think Legis Rimmel is the name of a town or a person? Ooh, David, be googling Both. this while we uh, while we listen to the music. I mean, maybe the town is named after him. Yeah, it could be exactly you know, the hometown of Legis Rimmel. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the epic confrontation from uh, the Seventh Saga.
That's uh, that's good epic confrontation music. All right, David, did you find it? Is Legis Rimmel a town or a man? Uh, Legis is a character. He's a character. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that surprised me so greatly. I'm knocking things off my desk. Uh, good. Yes, Legis. Uh, love that. Love that Legis. Uh, fantastic uh, character that it is. So, you know, we're sticking with the SNES guys. It's a big SNES month. Uh, Jesse, I promise at some point we're going to get onto Sega Systems and get you really chiming in here. Uh, but so in the meantime, we got to make a quick stop over to Great Britain for a long-running TV series. This is the second game in the long-running TV series. I'm talking about Top Gear 2 on the SNES. That's right. I got out in front of it. I made the Top Gear joke before anybody here could make it. So now what are you going to do, David? I'm I'm just very grateful because when you were talking about going over to Great Britain, a sequel game and like fabulous, famous TV shows like, oh, God, he's not bringing up the Donkey Kong Country cartoon, is he? <laughs> not yet. Uh, soon enough, David. Soon enough. Um, but no, it's uh, Top Gear 2, the uh, arcade racing game where uh, it's it's kind of vaguely like Mario Kart, except it's strictly Actually, no, this one's not strictly one player. It's, it's It can be one or two players, and you're just driving the cars, and you're not attacking them. So it's, uh, it's a real driving and doing nothing else game, uh, you know, which is what people sometimes want in a racing game. I get it. But uh, not back in these days. Back in the SNES days, I wanted to be able to fight things. I wanted Road Rash. I wanted Mario Kart. Didn't want so to just say, drive. Yeah, no, I... I, I don't want to just drive. I want to drive and throw things at people. Yes, exactly. You know, I don't know if Mario Kart just ruined people on things, but like... It kind of ruined games like Top Gear 2, um, which is fine. It's a fine game. Yeah, honestly, it, I included it because I thought it was going to have uh, fantastic tunes, much like the first one. And then I found out it doesn't because they don't have the same <coughs> composer. They have a different. I'm not saying the tunes are bad, but they're not Barry Letch. Fucking original Top Gear, great. So, you know, let's just hop into it. Two fantastic songs from Top Gear 2 and the composing team of Patrick Phelan, Ashley Bennett, and Paul Bennett. You know, the famous VGM composing Bennett's. Uh, we've got the title theme and Canterbury Plains from Top Gear 2.
will say, it's uh, the tunes are again not bad. You know, if you squint your ears real hard and you didn't know you were listening to Top Gear music, you might almost think you were listening to like some shmup music there at the end. Like that could have been some uh, some offbeat Thunder Force kind of stuff. But you know, it's fine. It's uh, it's Top Gear too. I want to get to a game that. It was very important for me. This uh, I saw this on the list of SNES games, and I realized, man, this means that we're nearing the time that I was going to buy an SNES. A very important game was released in August of 1993 for the SNES. Uh, one of the first that I'm aware of, uh, compilation games. Uh, an all-star package, one might say. Uh in fact, the one did say they called the game Super Mario All Stars. Um, and put it out on the SNES, and I know David, you weren't a SNES guy back in the day, but maybe you uh, remember the marketing, Jesse. You know, uh, do you remember how they uh, how they marketed uh, Super Mario All Stars for the SNES? There was a big I'm promotion sure. that I was going to take advantage of. <laughs> I f- I forget. Um, man, it's been a long time. Mm. So here, here was the deal. Uh, if you bought a new SNES system and sent uh, proof of purchase along with $3.50 for shipping and handling to Nintendo, they would send you this game for free. Oh, that's right. Uh, which was very appealing to me as a nearly eight-year-old. Like, wait, wait, wait. I've played Super Nintendo. I want a Super Nintendo. I can afford three fifty. But I'm gonna have to save up for the system in order to get it. Like you know, so this this really was sparking me to finally save up and buy a Super NES. And when I say save up, I mean like save birthday money. Yeah, yeah. it was tough to save yeah, all that birthday cash. <laughs> so uh, you know, th- this was just it was great seeing it because I'm like, oh yeah, that is the game that sparked me into fucking getting the scratch together to buy a Super NES. So sometime in the next several months, I bought my Super NES. I got my Super Mario All Stars. I got my couple of other games I was after. And, uh, man, yeah, that was uh, the start of a new chapter in Young John's life. So, uh, as for the actual game itself, Super Mario All-Stars, pretty fun game. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. What do you think about those lost levels? Fuck those. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) What do you think about the nice-looking 16-bit sprites for the the remade games? I think uh, I realized, like, I have more memories, I think, thanks to getting this, uh, you know, getting All-Stars. I think I played... These versions a little bit more than I maybe played the original versions of the games back in the day. Um, See, here's my thing. Mm. I really like them for Mario 1 and Mario 2, but I prefer the NES version of Mario 3. Fair. Um, there's something about the, the sprites in Mario 3 that I just really, really like. Right. And maybe it's just the black overalls. I mean, it, you know, black overalls are good. What it, Maybe there's something to the uh, the simple kind of more two-dimensional more uh less you know they're they lack a certain depth in uh on the nes you know it's a simple simpler colors less shading maybe that uh lends itself more to the game you know being set on a stage as opposed to uh in an actual world or something i don't know just spitballing here um but yeah man uh not a hot take to say uh compilation of fantastic games um david we know mario 3 is your favorite jesse What's your favorite? Mario 1, 2, or 3? Three? 3. 3? Okay, yeah. No love for 2? Two? 2 is kind of fun. No. 2 is kind of fun on this because you could save your progress and pick it up later. All these games actually got more fun when you could save their progress. I should say two, that. <laughs> 2 is a very close second. Like, yeah. I I love 2 to death. Yeah, it's good. 
but three is just it's so fucking good. Yeah. All yeah, that's good. pretty much where I'm at. Like three is the top, and then two is very, very close behind it. Yeah. And you know, I still uh, still give one a lot of points. Very fun game. You know, holds up. Yeah, you know, it's not a let's not call it timeless, but it's uh pretty goddamn timeless. So yeah, um we got three fantastic songs. We're gonna do a little extra one from Super Mario Wild Stars because I wanted to get one from each game in there. Because, uh, you know, they redid the music for each one, and uh, I figured, you know, a song from each of the games and then ignore the Lost Levels. So, uh, we've got the title music from Super Mario Brothers. David, go ahead and think on that. What's the title music from Super Mario Brothers? Uh, and then we've got the, of course, the Overworld Overworld from Super Mario Brothers 2, and the Underworld from Super Mario Brothers 3. All from Super Mario All-Stars and composer, uh, one might call him an All-Star, Koji Kondo. He, I'd put him on the composing all-star team um so let's uh like i said let's go
Yeah, man. Just nice versions of nice tunes. Uh, I like the way they add that, like, uh, that echoey sound to that third song. You know, makes it really seem like you've yeah. gone into a sewer and the sounds are bouncing off those stone walls. Um, just, man, good games. Um, so, Jesse, it's your time to shine. I got one for you, buddy. We're going over the Genesis. And there's a brand new adventure game coming out. And this one also features a flying animal. Um, but not because he's a bat. Not because he's supposed to be flying. Uh, this animal needed a little bit more assistance to fly. I'm talking, of course, about Sparkster. Uh, oh. Talking about Rocket Knight Adventures. Yeah. That Rocket Knight Adventures is awesome. Yeah. What is he, an armadillo? I think he's a possum, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm pretty sure he's a possum. A proper possum. Yes, exactly. Uh, An actual awesome possum. Yeah, this possum is awesome. And he could, like, hang by his tail and stuff, which is really cool. And you can, like, swing your sword. And and you fight a bunch of pigs. Like, all the enemies are fucking pigs. I like it. So so I think that's, like, an analog for, like, cops, maybe. (laughs) And so, like, Rocket Knight is just going around a cab in the whole game. That's That's it, So good. Knights, you know, in suits of armor, famously always got into it with cops. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not. He's a very, like the Robin Hood. Not of, a very subtle game. allegory they've got here. Um, yeah, I, I never played this or Sparkster. I uh, feel like I missed out because uh, it's a cool looking character. And uh, you know, from what I know, it's a like I said, it, it's a possum wearing a suit of armor with a sword and a rocket. Like, what's not to love? <laughs> possums are cool. Uh, you know, possums in the real world are cool. Uh, cool. It'd be, uh, I guess, a little scary if they had body armor and swords, but <laughs> that's why, uh, that's why video games are fun and imaginative. I, uh, yeah, I like this. Uh, I like this character. There's no play dead button. There should be right. It should be like the Tanuki suit. You should just be oh, able to like cool. drop, uh, you know, drop dead and pretend to be dead and have enemies just pass you by. Like, I feel like that should be a thing. Damn, Jesse, you just cracked the uh, the missing mechanic from Rocket Knight Adventures. Um. Which, you know, I didn't even know there was one, but um, yeah, cool game, cool soundtrack, cool team of composers. Uh, you know, one of them uh, rather noted for uh, another series, I guess. Is this a, is this a Konami joint? Because they got Mitru Yamane working on this. I think it is. Yeah, she's I'm usually a Castlevania sure. lady. Uh, but then they also got Masanori Uchi, Masanori Adachi, Hiroshi Kobayashi, just a, a fantastic team of composers they've got. For Rocket Knight Adventures on the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, wherever you're from. Um, we got two fantastic songs. So let's hear stage one, one and stage two, one from uh, Rocket Knight Adventures. Let's blast off.
gotta say, I like the shift in tone from stage one to stage two. Stage one sounds like you're taking off on like a regal, you know, nightly adventure. Yeah, you know, and then uh, stage two, it's like, yeah, I don't know, we're rocking and having fun. It's all good. It's so, a good time. Yeah, man. Um, so let's keep it on the uh, on the Genesis there. Uh, see if you can uh, see if you can go two for two here, Jesse, or see if I can go two for two in predicting games that I think you've played. Uh, so Rocket Knight was a possum that flies around with a sword and uh, does cool you know night shit. What about a uh, a man that doesn't fly around? Uh, actually, I'm, you know. I want to say he does carry a sword, though. He's a he's a ninja more so than a knight. Um, talking about a, a third game in a series, Shinobi Three, uh, Retur- oh, yeah. Return of the Ninja Master. Um, that game is really good. Would you say that the man that you play in it uh, play as in this game is indeed a ninja master? Uh yes, it is. Um, uh, what is his? Joe Musashi. Yes, Thank Joe Musashi. I was counting on you with that Sonic Racing knowledge to step in, just in case. Because I, I was about to say Joe Hisashi, and I'm like, no, that's... I thought for a second that was Fatal Joe Fury. Joe Higashi is, is Fatal Fury. Joe Higashi is Fatal Fury. Joe Hisashi is the fucking Studio Ghibli composer. And so uh, I, I didn't want to say the completely wrong thing. But yes, it's Joe Musashi. Thank you, David. Uh, and then there's also Joe Hibachi, the famous grill maker. Oh, God. Uh, he had that real knockout package. Um, yeah, can't believe he named all his daughters Joe. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, Shinobi 3. <laughs> uh, I do have a gripe with this game. Um, a ninja gripe? Re- yes, Are I we think ninja last griping? year, yeah, last year I tried to uh, finish it, um, because it's on the um Nintendo online service. Hmm. Um, so it's got the rewind feature, which is very helpful for games like that. Can't save you from ninjas, man. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing is like all of the game is like real fun. You get to the last level and it turns into like what was a like, you know, walk around, uh, kill enemies, you know, dodge attacks, you know, fight bosses into like a fucking like super meat boy type a platforming mm. thing where there's like like spikes all over the walls and you have to make like pixel perfect jumps and stuff and it's like none of the game has taught me to do any of this shit yeah fuck like generally a game you know it teaches you how to do the next things that you're going to be doing yeah as well as teaching you like i feel like ninja gaiden does a decent mix of teaching you yeah. like traversal of difficult levels and also fucking impossible combat situations and so you're telling me that Ninja Master just throws the hard traversal at you at the very end? Yeah, it's like, Fuck. oh, I, I mean, I assume it's the last level because I didn't finish it. Because <laughs> it was my last I'm level. I'm not a savant. Like, <laughs> not even with the rewind like, feature, huh? No, because like I said, you got to make these pixel perfect jumps. And, mm. Like, it's just, oh my God. Damn. But the rest of the game is awesome. Yeah. Like, it has some really great freaking Genesis sprites on it. Animation, solid. Um, like there's some cool like you're on like uh, there's a water level and I can't remember if you're on like a surfboard type thing or mm. a jet ski type thing, but either way it's really fucking badass. Yeah, um, that's the that's the vibe I get looking at it. Like yeah. oh, you know this is very badass. Like I I realized getting ready for this like they just they didn't make like 16 bit Ninja Gaiden games. Like Ninja Gaiden was an 8 bit thing in my life. I, yeah, I, I don't know why. 
when I look back on like you know my childhood playing games, I was like, oh yeah, Ninja Gaiden that was always there. It's like, no, nah, I kind of took a break for this uh, set of consoles. Really yeah. could have used some Shinobi in my life back then. Ninjas still cool, very fucking oh. cool. Sixteen um, bit ninjas, super great. So um, let's hear some good tunes. Uh, two fantastic songs from Shinobi Three: Return of the Ninja Master and composer Morihiko Akiyama. Uh, I think I've probably chosen the two most iconic tracks from the game. Maybe. I don't know. I've got Eta 10 and I've got Whirlwind from uh, Shinobi 3. So um, you know, let's... Um, I have no clever ninja segue. Ninja Vanish. Yeah.
Yeah, they also really got that fucking sound chip singing. Those are uh, those are very enjoyable Genesis tunes. Um, kind of love them. Great, great action music. So, speaking of people who could really make the Genesis sound chip sing, Johnny's not here, so we can just skip the bit, and we can call the man by his real name. Talking about the god, Yuzo Koshiro. Um, and it's time to talk about something that Yuzo Koshiro did that I'm sure he stands by, because he's a nice guy and stands by his great work. But there was a game that came out for the Sega Genesis called Streets of Rage 2. It's one of the best games on the Sega Genesis and one of the best soundtracks on the Sega Genesis. They also, in August of 1983, came out with Streets of Rage 2 for the Game Gear. Um, and, you know, I just love throwing in these D-makes. <laughs> like, sometimes it's just, it's, uh, it's a curiosity thing. It's like, well, Yuzo Koshiro, he probably could get it done, right? Like, yeah, I, Jesse, you, you had a Game Gear. Did you play Streets of Rage 2 with it? Oh man, I did not. God oh, nuts. Not have that. Um, I can't imagine it's as good as the Genesis version, um, on any level. Just, uh, just kind of on principle, imagining that no Game Gear game uh, was equal to or surpassed their Genesis counterpart. Um, particularly a game like Streets of Rage Two, where you know you got to beat up, beat them up with a lot of action and uh, with a Yuzo Koshiro soundtrack that can't be replicated. That's uh, that's really why it's here. I'm just you know so curious. And I'm so happy to discover the sound of this with you guys. Um, we all know Streets of Rage 2. Fantastic game. David, who's your character in Streets of Rage 2? Um, Blaze. Yeah, of course. It's always Blaze. Jesse, who's your guy? I like the main character. Yeah, here. I like Axel. He's fine. Axel, yeah. Um, but what I like more than almost any character in the game, is the soundtrack. So let's hear two fantastic songs from Streets of Rage 2, GG. That's the Game Gear Streets of Rage 2. And composer Yuzo Koshiro. We've got Dreamer. And we've got Slow Moon. I think it's the same two songs I picked for Streets of Rage 2 when we featured the Genesis version on GTT Gems, probably back in, oh, I don't know, December of last year. So let's see how Yuzo did with... Uh, very limited tool set and only his fantastic compositions to go off of.
You know? I think I'm gonna give him a passing grade on this, man. It's yeah, know, not bad. The instrumentation's all wrong, but it's not bad. <laughs> like for what it is, it's uh it's pretty fucking enjoyable. Turn uh, chicken shit into chicken salad. I'm saying, man. Turn to you know, turn to game gear sound chip into I don't know, something perfectly acceptable. Like, yeah. I'm I'm shocked. I guess I'm used to. I, I don't know. I feel like even when we listen to things like the like the Mega Man uh, Game Boy D makes, you know, we find something to like about them. It's uh, it's just fun hearing things, you know, made uh, under constraints. It's you know, that's kind of the whole name of the game with fucking old video game music anyway. You know, talk about fucking compressing sounds down to these sound chips. It's more fun to hear them than have to do it again to get something like this made. Just fun tunes, good times. Um, Yuzo Koshiro continuing to be you know one of the gods continuing to earn his place on mount rushmore so um we're at the last game of the segment and like i said i wanted to pare down these segments to be a little bit more interminable so i'm going to do a quick shout out you guys if you have anything to say about any of these games that we did not feature in this segment please let me know uh adam's family pugsley scavenger hunt no yes. <laughs> uh, bubble bobble part two no isn't that Rainbow Island? No, it's a different game. This is Bubble Bubble Part 2. So, see, I, you know, I was curious, but no, we're not going there. A uh, little Game Boy game called the Final Fantasy Legend 3. Uh, only would have been included by being a square joint. No thanks. Uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, colon, Hyper Fighting. Um, you know, I love including Street Fighter games, but this one really just made it faster. Um, and then one I felt a little bit bad for removing, but I just I, I wanted to keep things moving. Uh, Final Fight 2, uh, SNES, uh, good beat-em-up with, uh, with Hagar and uh, Guy and that third guy that's not Cody that I can't think of offhand. We already talked about Streets of Rage 2. Exactly. So there was no need to then have another Final Fight. Again, also an ironically titled game, Final Fight 2. Um, I, you know, suing them, it's uh, going along with my lawsuit against the film The NeverEnding Story. Or Final uh, Fantasy 2. Exactly. How dare they? Um, so we're closing out with, you know, a pretty good game, all things considered, a Game Boy game that came out 30 years ago this August. Um, it was time to wake up on a new confusing island as an old beloved character. It's The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy, a game that I still haven't actually, uh, Put all the uh, the you know the required effort into beating because I I don't know what's wrong with me. I bought the remake on Switch and my interest fizzled, <laughs> uh, and I didn't have this back in the day on Game Boy. But uh, uh, a game that I think a lot of people can rightfully point to and say that's my favorite Zelda game. David, are you one of those people? Uh, it's up there. Mm -hmm. um, it's not my favorite, but I do really really love this game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just so weird. Um, it was a very weird game, but that just added to its charm. Um, and people will point out to like the nightmare monsters and the Mario enemies. But I think my favorite like example of the developers just having fun was when you're in the village, you can talk to like kids as they're playing ball. And one of them says like, oh, by the way, if you want to save your game, just push all the buttons together at once. I don't know what that means. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Kids just giving dreamy exposition, telling you how your system works. Um 
Good times. Yeah, uh, you know, I really, uh, you know, like I said, I, I dug the game. I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I think by the time I was playing on the Switch, it was a little older and slower and didn't quite hold my interest in the way that I kind of hoped. And that's coming from a guy that likes a classic Zelda game. And I feel like back in the day, you know, when I was playing this on emulators, I've, I was like, well, I'd rather just be playing Link to the Past. Uh, it's, you know, just kind of exists in that like uh, weird middle ground where it's like, it's more, it's more fun and accessible than the original Zelda, but it didn't hit me with the level of polish that uh, you know, Link to the Past did. And of course, I'm probably terribly wrong on that. It's seriously held up by so many as their favorite game in the series. And I'm sure they're right to say it. Jesse, did you uh, did you ever wake up with Link? Yeah, I've played the uh, DX. Or- oh, wow. Did you suck it? Oh, I sucked it so yeah. hard. It was it was awesome. Very good. There's a, a part where uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels help you in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty great. You have, yeah, you drive around in a little jeep. They keep calling it a tank for some reason, but it's a jeep. Right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Is that the game that Triple H's song is about? Uh, yeah, that's the game. Yeah, it's all about the game and how you play it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Um. God, what a game. What a all about the game and how you play it. Him and Cody must get along really well. I bet they do. Yeah, them it's bonding big, over their love Zelda of marks. Zelda games. Yeah, Triple H and Cody <laughs> loving Zelda together. Uh, this segment's now fully doing it for David. <laughs> so let's... It took me so long to realize what you guys were talking about. Uh, it's okay. Uh, let's I did do... see when you nodded. You're like, oh yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll the, do the, something else The now. moment. <laughs> it's taken the, there's the turn. Um, so we got three fantastic songs from The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And, of course, the composers Kuzumi Totaka, Minako Hamano, and Kozue Ishikawa. Um, you know, David, you're the, you're the guy that you know, sometimes I defer to on these things. Tell me if, uh, if you would like me to replace any of these songs. I've got Mabe Village. I've got the Taltal Mountain Range. And I've got Marin's song, The End of Link's Awakening. I feel like I've captured the game somewhat well in those three songs, but I'm open to suggestions. No, that. That would be what I would go with. Yes. Excellent. Well, cool. That does it for this uh, very long first segment. And we'll see you guys in August of 
guys we've made it it's 2003 and it's the time of significantly fewer games to talk about than the last segment this uh yeah there's not as many things coming out this month but you know what i think we got some hitters um a couple of couple of all-time classics and a couple of also rands that uh i'm assuming people out there care about so let's uh let's jump right into that man let's jump into the fighting game arena jesse i want to talk to you about what i assume is your favorite series of fighting games. Why I'm assuming that? No good reason. Um, I want to talk about the fourth entry in a beloved fighting game series, Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution. That's the PlayStation 2 version of Virtua Fighter 4. Cool. Remember Virtua Fighter, Jesse? It's back. <laughs> well, I, in POG form. Yeah, in evolution um, form. <laughs> I mean, I like. I have a soft spot for Virtua Fighter, but... Only because, uh, really, it just seems like it's very bland technique. Yes. Yes. That is exactly my memories of it from uh, renting it and possibly even owning it back in the, you know, PS, uh, PS2 days. Like, I remember playing this and being like, you know, 
this ain't Tekken, baby. <laughs> like this, uh, this could be something else. I could be playing a different game. Yeah, you know, there's so many things I like about the Virtual Fighter series. I like some of the characters. I like the font that they spell Virtual Fighter with. I think it's a cool looking logo. Yeah, you know, I like the idea of it. I like that it's you know a trailblazing series. It's the first 3D modeled yeah. fighting game series. Very important games that were immediately surpassed by uh, by a couple of other games. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm glad they they hung on for a while. They made this, and I guess they made five, and then they've been kind of re-releasing five in the last couple of years. And you know, like, you think we're getting Virtua Fighter six? You think uh, we get six games over the course of thirty years, like Street Fighter? I, I could see a six happen. Yeah, now that Street Fighter Six has happened. Yeah. You know, how about Virtual Fighter Six? Nothing's off limits. Um David, did you ever play Virtual Fighter of any sort? Um once or twice. I remember not really liking it because it was like incredibly technical and if I remember, isn't it supposed to be like based on actual martial arts mm. like I, I mean I suppose it. all fighting games are based <laughs> on actual yeah. martial arts, but I mean Most like of, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I seem to remember this being like, you don't just do a special move or a combo, like you have to strike in the right spot and that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. It's been so long since I played it. I don't remember what I didn't really like about it. I feel like it, I felt like it was simplistic compared to the Tekken games. Like, I feel like the fighting system was like three buttons instead of four. And, you know, I don't know, something about it threw me off, but you know, the series has its audience. Uh, yeah, I think it's got cool things about it. Um, especially the tunes. Good tunes. So let's hear two songs from Virtual Fighter 4 Evolution and the fantastic composing team uh, of Fumio Ito, Shinichi Goto, Naoki, Naoyuki Machida, Tatsutoshi Nanta, and Tomoya Koga. Uh, just a murderer's row of video game music composers that I know. Uh, we've got two songs. We've got The Aquarium and we've got The Hangar. My two favorite places to get into a fist fight. <laughs>
yeah, it's uh, it's good fighting game tunes. It's good aggro early two uh, thousands, you know, techno ish stuff. Um, and again, you know, nothing beats fighting inside an old airplane hangar. Um, it's just uh, just the way to go. So I don't know. Uh, feels like a underwhelming response to a fantastic three D fighting game. So maybe we'll write that ship later on the show. I don't know. In the meantime, let's head over to the Game Boy Advance. Because it's time, guys, for a game that, uh, you know, we're breaking the breaking the timeline of the show here. This is the August episode. I've featured this in a future edition of Game That Tune. Um, a game that, frankly, I thought was part of a longer series than it is. It's not. Turns out this is the second and last of the Pokemon Pinball games. Pokemon Pinball <laughs> Ruby and Sapphire for the Game Boy Advance. Um a game that I thought that, uh, like I said, continued a series uh, that we all knew and loved. But, uh, David, you didn't put any time in this, did you? That still blows my mind. Or <laughs> that will blow my mind in the future. <laughs> yeah. That there's only been two games. Get like, that time paradox there right. there not been more? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it really does seem like the games just make themselves. It's pinball. You throw a couple of Pokemon on the table. The ball is a Pokeball. Um you, know, you don't even or like, a vault orb. It, see, that could be part of a bonus stage or like a like a penalty thing. Like instead of catching a Pokemon, you throw a vault orb at it and shock it. Um, or like a rolled up sand true. Exactly. Um, you got to watch out for that. Get sand in that Pokemon and knock it out instead of ac- actually catching it. There's you know there's things to be done in these uh, with this series in terms of taking the characters. Putting them on a pinball surface and then making a game. You could use a spoink as the uh, thing you pull back to um, shoot the pinball. You're close. That actually is part of this game. Yeah, there. Oh, really? Yeah, there are plungers in the on the table that are spoinks. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're not uh, you're awesome. not far off base. Yeah, but that's the thing. Also, I feel like everything on the table could be a Pokemon. You know, like like what's a what's a Pokemon that could be a pinball flipper? Help me out here, David. Scyther. Um, Ooh, Scythers, yes. Scyther? I was going to say maybe Stunfisk? Mm. The kind of, the, like, flat flounder one? Sure. I was thinking, Snor- even go back to, like, an old school, have it be a Weedle or something. Just, you know, little little Caterpies or Weedles flicking balls around. Snorlax? Sudowoodo would work, too. Yes. Why would Snorlax make a good pinball thing, Jesse? <laughs> you ain't getting the ball past him. <laughs> that's, the, that's the safety thing? It just clogs yeah, up the flipper thing? Up, the, yeah, Snorlax. The old Snorlax there. save? I like that idea. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's a, God, that's a bonus. Let us make a Pokemon pinball I'm game. I'm saying, man, you know, let's get in touch with the Pokemon company and see if they won't license out these characters to us for a little while. <laughs> we can come up with some things. Um, but yeah, uh, fun game that, uh, you know, not to just, you know, just keep you know hitting the same point, but I can't believe this is the last Pokemon pinball game. It boggles my mind. Uh, there should be six or seven more of these. Uh or I mean, wait. How many how many handheld systems have been released since the Game Boy Advance? DS, uh, 3DS, and Switch. Switch. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you think they should have released a version for every iteration of the DS, like the DS Lite, DSi? Um, should you know how how many more Pokemon pinball games should there be, David? Well, we're in what generation nine of Pokemon. Yeah, there should be. 12. I agree, because yeah, like. <laughs> it just makes too much sense. There's so many Pokemon to feature. Um, I would love to be playing this on my Switch right now with those motorcycle dragons. Uh, they could just, I don't know, make a pinball table center around those fucking things. Oh, yeah, I just thought of the perfect idea for me in a Pokemon pinball game. Like, you know how sometimes you'll hit a pinball into an area and it'll get stuck there and then it comes out? Like, oh, yeah. Make that a pincer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little pincer trap. That's all it takes. This shit writes itself. Yeah, anything that can grab or bounce or, uh, you know, I don't know. There's so many actions that Pokemon can do in a pinball setting. So, yeah, there should have been more of these games, but there aren't. So, here's two songs from Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire, and the Game Boy Advance from composers Kazuya Suyama and Ayumi Sato. We've got the Pokedex theme, and we've got the Sapphire Table. So, let us uh, let us bid farewell. Uh, let us let the balls roll into the little hole and uh, say, say adieu to Pokemon Pinball.
know that Game Boy Advance sound chip's a little bit rough, but I, I like those pleasant pinballing tunes. Just nice, mellow stuff. Little, uh, little shitty piano. Makes me feel good. Um, so speaking of things that make me feel good, Jesse, let's talk about a game that came out on the PlayStation 2 in 2003 that I didn't play, and that's what makes me feel good. Because um, if I had played this game, I might feel less good. Uh, the third game in a uh, series of games I would say is Beloved, taking place. Uh, it's actually somewhat ironic that we have it on a video game music show because the setting apparently is very quiet. Uh, a hill. A silent hill. Oh. Uh, silent Hill 3 on the PS2. I haven't played any of these games. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? Not even back in the day. <laughs> no, I just... I'm surprised. Yeah, I just <laughs> totally just... You know, it was one of those things where I got... You know, you just hear survival of horror. Yeah. And you, and you assume, oh, it's going to be just like Resident Evil. Mm. And I don't like Resident Evil. Oh, so yeah. I probably like Silent Hill, but from what I understand, Silent Hill is like very different and just just weird as shit. So I just kind of want to play them. Don't know if I will, but yeah, it's a weird blind spot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess maybe David, as the you know horror guy around here, has played Silent Hill. Um, David, what do you know, man? Uh, we're talking Silent Hill 3, right? Yes, yes, 3. Even though it's actually a direct sequel to the first Silent Hill game. Um, okay. It is the third have... Silent Hill game. Okay. I have not played any of the Silent Hill games. Son of a bitch. Okay. Did you <laughs> did you see the movie? No. No? Jesse, what oh, about Oh, man. Pyramid Head fucking ripped someone's skin off their body. It's mm-hmm. real fucked up. So you saw the movie then, but you didn't play the game? <laughs> I saw that part of the movie. Damn. One of my friends was like, you gotta see this. This is fucked up. And yeah. I was like, whoa, that was fucked up. Yeah. David, <laughs> you know, you're a you're a horror it, guy. You might owe it to yourself to fucking watch Silent Hill at some point. <laughs> isn't Silent Hill like one of the Uva Bowl really terrible movies? No. No, it's actually fairly decent. No, yeah, it's a good one. They oh, got shit. real actors. Okay. Yeah. Um, real actors. I I don't want to spoil it, but I, I will spoil this minor thing, and I could be remembering it incorrectly. Uh, the first Silent Hill movie is one of the very few movies or pieces of media featuring Sean Bean in which he does not die. Um, so I believe Sean Bean survives the whole movie in this case. So it's almost you almost have to see it just on principle. Like if you're a if you're a Beanhead, you're a you know a Sean completionist. You, you get uh, excuse me <laughs> a beaner okay. a, a Sean beaner <laughs> yeah a, a, a Seaner um but yeah it, it's a uh, no Silent Hill the movie is actually perfectly fine um it's it's not horrendous uh, and I'm sure Silent Hill three the game is not horrendous I mean people do love this series uh we'll have to get some comments from the from the listeners or something I need to know more about these games I feel like they uh you know they don't remake these or anything do they these don't come out on things. <laughs> Uh, There's uh, rumors that they might be either making a new one or making like a remaster. Um, so, because Konami's been kind of doing stuff lately, it's weird. Yeah, word. They got that Metal Gear Delta Snake Eater yeah. remake coming. So, who knows? Maybe they realize people like their games and uh, <laughs> want to play you know some version of them. So we'll see. Maybe one day uh, soon we'll play Silent Hill Three remake. But in the meantime, we've got two fantastic songs from Silent Hill 3 and composer Akira Yamaoka. Uh, We've got End of Small Sanctuary and we've got Maternal Heart. I'm sure there's nothing creepy or untoward about that maternal heart. (laughs) 
like I said, nothing creepy about that maternal heart. Yeah. No, it sounds fine to me. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I've heard of a heart murmur, but this uh, this song, that was a, a heart moan. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good, uh, God, good vibe they got going in Silent Hill. So, um, sorry for that game and that joke, but let's move on to two Stone Cold classics. So we figured out that Virtual Fighter, Pokemon, Benball, and Silent Hill aren't our wheelhouse. But let's talk about a wheelhouse that doesn't even have wheels. Let's talk about a game that came out 20 years ago that, man, really shouldn't have been the last entry in a series. <laughs> uh, a really great game that came out in both arcades and the GameCube, uh, developed by a little company called Sega, Featuring a little man that nobody loved named Captain Falcon. Uh, F-Zero GX slash AX. Um, one, of, uh, one of the hardest and craziest racing games there is, but also, I would say, one of the most fun and unique things that you could play on a Nintendo GameCube. And in the arcade, for that matter. Um, just a fun fucking game. Fun if you like balls hard, like really super fucking hard racing games, like uh, dark, the Dark Souls of racing. Yeah, actually, now that I think, hold on, is David? Is this game really fun? <laughs> See, here's the thing. Yes. I, I don't remember the game being balls hard. I remember the story mode being balls hard because right. I couldn't get past the second stage. Yeah, but like the actual game was really fun yeah. and. I I might be misremembering this. This had multiplayer, right? It did. Okay, yeah. Because um, I, I remember us playing together and oh, yeah. having a shit ton of fun. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I mean, it really, you know, it uh, it looks fantastic. It moves, you know, I mean, probably in multiplayer, I haven't played it in multiplayer in years, uh, probably less in multiplayer, but in single player, I, I want to say it's like a 60 frame per second fucking great looking smooth ass racing game. It's, you know, it looks futuristic as hell and plays smooth as hell. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a really, really fun game. And it, it is hard in the single player mode if you try for kind of the upper level cups. The game gets hard pretty fucking fast. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. It's, it's strange, man. They, you know, they took what, uh, F-Zero X did and just made it look fucking awesome. And, uh, the gravity and the physics in this game are fucking weird. The course designs are awesome. Like, there's the ones where you're on the outside of, like, a a tube tied in knots. And then there's things where you're going, and like, you know, inside and weaving through other sections of the track. The, the courses in this game just, yeah, they blow your young mind when you're playing it. Like, yeah, I, I loved it, man. It's just such a such a cool game. Uh, you, got a, you got a favorite course from F-Zero GX, David? I can't think of the name of it, mm. but I do remember... Um, it was like a jungle wooded planet. Oh yeah. And the only reason I remember it, because as you were talking about the tracks doing weird things, like I remember a portion where you go upside down and then the track opens up. So like you're looking down like over treetops. Yes. It's a very strange thing. Right. And also I feel like in that level, if you don't, exit the, the tube correctly you'll just fly out of the course it's like oh the tube's yeah. opening up and then whoa <laughs> like all right shit this thing this game doesn't Hate just that. like correct that for you you have to fucking not die <laughs> like uh jesse do you uh do you have any fond memories of uh of gx man i remember renting it and it just being so so fucking difficult so cool but it yeah like i had i wanted to get good at it i couldn't but 
I just I wanted to keep unlocking cars and stuff. And mm. A lot of cars to unlock. A lot of fucking yeah, characters in this game so too. So many characters. Yeah, and they all get weird endings and stuff. You know, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of replay in this. A lot of fun, silly shit going on in this game. Uh, you yeah. could also build your own cars in this one, right? I never bothered doing that. I liked the cars that they gave us. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, because uh, I remember, like, especially on the GameCube, they were really pushing it as, like, a social system. Like, with Animal Crossing, like, visit everybody's town. Like, you could save cars to your memory card. Oh, and, like, yeah, and you could, like, save your emblem and reuse it in the arcade version and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that Nintendo was trying to do clever stuff like that, that so few people ever got the chance to do. <laughs> like, um, I did see recently on Facebook, uh, you know, friend of the show, Pass Blaster, uh, owner of the local, uh, you know, arcade here, bought an F-Zero AX machine. Um, so That's I, awesome. uh, I will be finding out from him when that is being installed and I will be spending at least an hour or two hanging out at a uh, flipping great pinball playing this in the not too distant future. It's, uh. I'm looking forward Stream to it. it. Oh, yes, exactly. I'll just, you know, I'll GoPro it. Um, but yeah, just a, a fun game. Uh, awesome, awesome courses, you know, super hard racing. And, you know, I, I really, uh, really wish this weren't the final game in the series. They they should bring it back. And, you know, and I don't mean like uh, remake an old game from the series in uh, some sort of new way. I mean, you know, a new F-Zero sequel, please. But I don't know. That sounds pretty cool, too. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I'll take what I can get. If Nintendo throws us any sort of bone uh, with regards to the F-Zero series, I'll play it for a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would prefer a new entry in the series. Um, so, uh, anyway, let's hear three fantastic songs. That's right. I'm going to throw an extra song in here on this one because uh, I love the tracks and I love the character themes. So, I didn't want to play Captain Falcon's theme because it's Christian rock and it just... It's only fun in a cornball kind of way. So I went with the significantly less corny theme of Dr. Stewart, one of the other classic F-Zero racers. And then we've got that track that David couldn't think of the name of. We've got Planet Colors. That's Green Plant, the uh, awesome track that that is. And then we've got Like a Snake, the Port Town theme uh, from composers Daiki, Kaisho, and Hidenori Shoji. Uh, maybe you've heard of them. Uh, so let's hear what they've got.
uh, I love the tunes from Game Man. The, the soundtrack's got a lot of variety in it. You know, I forgot to make a joke that relates to another video game music podcast. You know, the, uh, a couple years ago, made a, they made an episode about F-Zero and said that this the, settled on a hair metal sound. And if you listen to the soundtrack to F-Zero GX, you'll find that simply is not the case. Um, there's very little hair metal in this game. Um, close to zero, That's in wild. fact. It's, it's, it was a wild claim. Like, I, I guess F-Zero X had some hair metal, but this, uh, very little hair metal. Just a fantastic soundtrack. Um, lovely game. Lovely soundtrack. And speaking of lovely games with lovely soundtracks, uh, speaking of 3D fighting games that ate Virtua Fighter's lunch, uh, guys, it's time for uh, one of the main reasons that I feel like uh, the GameCube always kept its place in our house next to the PS2. Like, you know, it would have been so easy to just kind of ignore that GameCube and play the, the ever-growing catalog of classics on the PS2. But this game came out, and it launched not only on the GameCube, it launched on the PS2 and Xbox. But I feel like this is a synonymous with GameCube kind of game. A 3D fighting game. The second game in a series. The, the series, Soul Calibur. The game, Soul Calibur 2. Um, oh. Yeah, a game that I have played on Xbox because I wanted to see what Spawn was like. Have never played on PS2 because the, you know when you're talking exclusive console characters, Heihachi, you know, God love him, he can't hold a candle to Spawn or in the GameCube's case, getting to play as Link. It's... Uh, it's just, it's no contest. So yeah, Soul Calibur 2, a phenomenal 3D fighting game that also happened to let you play as Link. You know, earned, uh, earned the GameCube its keep. You know, between this and Smash Bros. And, you know, it's plenty of other things. This was, I'm just, this game kept the GameCube always close by in the rotation. David, I feel like this is one of our earliest, like, video game rivalries. Uh, I feel like it's one of your earliest beloved soundtracks. Uh, you know, what do you what do you love about Soul Calibur Two? Um, yes, yes, good. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we'll see you in two thousand thirteen. No, <laughs> no, I I really do love this game. Um, it was super cool to play as Link, but I enjoyed most of the other characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is this game will always hold a special place in my heart. Not just because of playing it with you growing up. Um, I remember playing this uh, at a like random house party. Somebody put it in. Um, Probably it was me. There was <laughs> there was a when I first started college. There was a video game night, um, and somebody brought the PS2 version, and I was able to jump in and play with them um, and make some friends that way. But this is the first video game soundtrack I ever bought. Ah, okay, that's what I thought. They, there was like a player's guide for it um, that included a soundtrack as like a special bonus. And I bought it specifically to get the soundtrack. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Jesse, what about you, man? What's your, uh, what's your Soul Calibur 2 memories? You know, I didn't own it, but um, a lot of my friends had it. So mm-hmm. I would play it over there. Um, you had good friends. Uh, yeah. I would typically use uh, Misarugi because I was a sucker for samurai. And he's a pretty dope samurai in that game. I get it. So, I guess, like, yeah, I should ask, like, you know, who's your guys? Who's your boys? You know, is it just Mitsurugi? Can you give me, can you give me a stable of three? If you're making a Soul Calibur two stable, who you got? Um, I also like Yoshimitsu because he's also in Tekken, and mm-hmm. that's fun. 
apparently not the same character technically. I feel like they've Namco has tried to say it's not. And, you know, come on, just say it is. Oh, it's so much more fun than it them. is. <laughs> it's, it is him. It's so much cooler if it's the same character. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I kind of like, uh, what's his name? He has the, is it Nightmare? Is that his name? The main, the main big bad guy with the crazy soul I, caliber sword? The blonde hair and stuff. Turn, yeah. yeah, he's got like the giant side handler. Yeah, I like using him. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, he's dope. David, who's your stable? Give me three. Uh, well, Link, obviously. Mm. Um, and I think it's, I do think it's funny that you asked Jesse who his boys were and then asked me who my characters were. Well, I immediately know. Who I, I, well, yes, but I'll, you know, also because Soul Calibur has so many fantastic female characters, but also I, I know you, David. Um, um, obviously Link, but also Talim and Sungmina. Mm, yes. What was Sungmina's weapon again? She had the giant... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the like pole weapon with the blade on the end. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like the bladed staff thing. I, yeah. yeah. I get some of those other characters that I didn't play with as much kind of mixed up. So Sophitia was the, like the night woman with the sword and shield, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Just trying to remember. Uh, Cause yeah, my, uh, my, my boys, uh, you know, I, uh, I was a link guy, of course, but setting him aside, Maxi, uh, you know, I love whooping guys with nunchucks. Uh, love Raphael. Um, just you know, doing the the fencing oh, moves, yeah. and um, you know, I, I wasn't good with him, but I can't resist the chance to play as Voldo. It's just too entertaining. Yeah. Like, you know, Voldo's <laughs> got to be one of your boys. <laughs> uh, just uh, man, crazy fucking game. Uh, you know, awesome, awesome soundtrack, awesome fighting. Um, I feel like you know, it's the high point of the series. Uh, three didn't quite get the magic back, and I feel like the series kind of fell off from there. So. Really would love to either see a remake of this or a re-release at some point. I, I would really love to play this online with you guys. I think they actually did that already. I feel like I missed the boat on that. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they did, but only on PlayStation and Xbox. Right. Damn. And, yeah. yeah. Who can track down you guys? I don't know where to find you guys. Um, so let's do some Soul Calibur 2 music. Uh, you know, I chose three songs from this, and then Johnny even submitted a song at the last second, so we've actually got an extra bonus beat for Soul Calibur 2. We got four songs from Soul Calibur 2, and the fantastic composers Junichi Nakatsuru, Asuka, Sasa uh, excuse me, Asuka Sakai, and Yoshihito Yano. That's just the ones that we chose. It's actually the whole Namco sound team. There's plenty of fantastic tunes on this immense soundtrack. So we've got Confrontation, we've got Ordinary Pain, we've got Maze of the Blade, and we've got Brave Sword braver soul and man that's gonna do it uh that's an epic closeout to 2003 and we'll see you guys in 2013 
Mm, man. You know, we could have just ended the episode, done all Soul Calibur 2 music, and it would have just been fine. We could have just hung out and had a Soul Calibur 2 listening party. But no, we're not doing that. We've got we got games that came out 10 years ago. We've got 2013 games. Uh, this time, I'm going to get the uh, honorable mentions out of the way up front, just in case uh, you guys want to throw one of these in the mix. Uh, Killer is Dead, a uh, game from Grasshopper Manufacturer. Jesse, did you ever play that one? Uh, just a little bit of it, not enough to really have an opinion. Yeah, you know, you love me some Suda Fifty One, but I, I didn't feel like fucking with that one. David, Pokemon Rumble U, the Pokemon Rumble game for the Wii U. Um, <laughs> that one was cute, if I remember. That's the one where they're like little wind-up toys. Yep. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Steam World Dig. Uh, I feel like last time we featured a Steam World game on the the episode. Oh, that game's it, good. It's good, but I feel like the Steam World series last time we featured it got a big shrug. Um. You know, cool games though. Uh, what's the last one we would have featured? Steam World Heist, maybe, or I don't know. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll edit in a bonus Steam World track. Dive Kick, the fighting game in which all you can do is jump and kick. <laughs> that game's pretty silly. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if it has soundtrack, but I had to bring it up. And uh, Lost Planet Three, the uh, third game of that series that definitely exists. That's a that's a game that exists, right, David? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cool. Um, I I remember Lost Planet 3, and I don't remember if it's because it was really bad or really good after the second one was really bad. Right. Well, speaking of things that weren't really bad, let's go to a different game made by Capcom that came out 10 years ago that was, uh, I would say, pretty good. A Because uh, it was a remake of a classic game, a remastered version of a classic game. Uh, it's time, guys, to uh, live life like a hurricane here in the setting that this game takes place uh it's ducktales remastered Woo-hoo. yes um for the wii u and other things uh ducktales remastered uh classic remake of ducktales but you look more like the cartoon characters in this game it's very cute this game was a hell of a lot of fun yeah um I mean, obviously, it's it's DuckTales, but Woof. like they managed to nail the physics and everything, and they actually added a new level. There's, it's, they kind of turned it into like Mega Man X. You have like an introductory level ah. where you're in like Scrooge's mansion, um, and find out that the Beagle Boys are like breaking in, and that leads into the plot of the game and whatnot. But um, yeah, as somebody who actually didn't play the original DuckTales on NES, um, I really appreciated that because it kind of like weaned you into, okay, this is what you can do with your cane. Um, and yeah, they've got the fucking voice cast back. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I will never forget. I was talking to a friend of mine. And it's like, Oh my God, it's so great. It's like, yeah, but, but Scrooge just, he just sounds tired, man. I was like, well, the like dude's 95 like 95 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't live much longer, right? Yeah. Like, I think he died after this game came out. Yeah. It's like a Jetsons the movie situation here, man. Give the guy some fucking oh, man. slack. Jeez. God, I um, saw that movie in theaters. Dude. <laughs> Let's talk about happy things like DuckTales. Did I miss something about Jetsons the movie? Uh, yeah, everybody died. <laughs> Everybody's dead, Dave. Yeah, David, don't look it up, man. Every uh, they got all the original voice actors from the Jetsons yeah. back, and they all died in the making of the movie. Like, well, no, not all of them, because uh, wasn't Tiffany Judy Jetson? Well, that she's not one of the original actors from the Jetsons, is she, David? Yeah. Now, okay. why do you think already dead? Why do you think they got Tiffany? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Judy Astro George dead. Played... Anyhow, everybody's dead. Hell, Dave. man, I told you not to get on this. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, DuckTales Remastered, fucking fantastic. It is. So let's hear two fantastic songs from the Way Forward remixing team, uh, whoever they were. Let's, uh, let's hear the Amazon and the Himalayas remastered in DuckTales Remastered.
pretty good as uh, as remixes go. And you know, I know people listening to this are saying, "How are you not going to do the moon?" Because uh, it's not as good as the original. There, um, the original moon is a classic piece of video game music. The remake, it's fine. But uh, I want to listen to the Amazon Himalayas. You know, the moon's been done. So, um, man, oh man, let's move on, David. To uh, actually, let's keep it in your wheelhouse. Let's keep talking cartoons. Let's keep talking about uh, you know being a man child. Uh, let's talk about collecting toys and using them to play video games. Because um, uh, there's a new game in which you collect toys and use them to play video games coming out this month. Ten years ago, David, a little uh, little game that did not live up to its title, uh, Disney Infinity, oh. came out, oh. and uh, you know we all still play it. They they released every toy ever and. It's uh, still a thing that people uh, people play to this day. It's supported. It continues. Does it not? Okay. You know what? <laughs> no, no, no. I can I can talk about the first game. This yes. first game was a lot of fun. Um, it's the third game that breaks my heart. Okay. Well, we'll but, get to that eventually. Um, no, this game was really... Mm. See, I want to sit here and talk about how like really cool it was. And it was... But the first one was also kind of bare bones. Um, but it was still an absolute blast. Um, basically, like you could make toy boxes. It's what they were called. But like you made your own levels and areas and then you could populate them with enemies or you could do like challenges. People made all sorts of like racetracks with it. Um, yeah, it was the possibilities were endless. Yes. And yeah. then two games later, they canceled it. Right. Uh, <laughs> a game of limitless possibilities that had a hard limit placed on it by being erased by its developer. Um, it's a real damn shame, man. Because, you know, it just, I don't know what Disney's opposition is to making money in unusual ways. Like, obviously, they're making money making movies. But, like, why not just keep making toys and selling them to people? Like, it, it's just, I don't know. Like, you know, there's still like a market for like the chips that go in these things for people playing this, you know, after the fact, like you can go on eBay and buy all the characters and little, you know, chips so you can actually enjoy this game to this day. Why was Disney dead set against uh, continuing to make this? I don't know. Um, um, actually, I know the reason why. Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> they some like higher up figured that it would be more cost efficient to just license out to other video game developers uh, so they could get like all profit instead of having to invest to make games themselves. Um, hmm. Which is a shame. Yeah. It's worked out so well because we've gotten so many memorable Disney games in the last 10 years. I'm I just, have no uh, argument. Exactly, exactly. You can't argue with that sarcasm. I'm, I'm just disappointed, man. Disney games were part of our childhood and I think they should be part of more kids' childhoods now. They just came out with that new Disney game for the switch. You know, Kids like Disney characters, I assume. Fucking make games. Jeez. It's not that hard. Um, anyway, David, tell me your favorite original Disney Infinity figure, and then uh, let us uh, let us hear some music. You got any sitting within within reach? Don't don't get up. But uh, no, 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 no. Um, I actually, I used to, I did eventually box them all up, and I right. used to have the box right by my desk. So unfortunately, <laughs> I can't take them out because I moved it. Ah. Um, it's it's honestly, it's a toss up for me between Wreck-It Ralph and Elsa. I mean, that makes nice, sense. Jesse. Jesse's got a um, Sorcerer's Apprentice in a, you know, showing on screen. That's uh I love that hat. Mainly because 
like every character you could unlock stuff with and Wreck-It Ralph would give you the most stuff. He had like five unlockable things. And then Elsa, all of her attacks would freeze the enemy. Um, So like you could do a ground pound and just freeze everyone around you. And it was super broken. Sweet. Love that. So let's hear two fantastic songs from Disney Infinity soundtrack that uh, has very few uh, credited composers uh, credit the various artists of the Disney Infinity soundtrack team. Uh, we've got two awesome songs. Uh, I didn't think David was going to say anything about uh, The Incredibles, but I picked Saving Metroville. And then I'm, I'm glad you said something about Wreck-It Ralph, David, because I chose Sugar Rush Showdown. So uh, let us tap our little toys on the screen and play these uh, play these fantastic tunes.
yeah, man. You know, I like playing the game to the actual music from uh, The Incredibles and, uh, you know, racing around with uh, Wreck-It Ralph characters with some uh, some fun rock and stuff. Seems like a game that people would want to play. They should still make this. Um, I'm putting a GTT seal of approval on that take. They should still make Disney Infinity. Stamp it. Um, speaking of games that uh, they should still make and probably do still make. Um, I haven't kept up with this series, even though it stars two of my favorite characters, a couple guys named Mario and Luigi. Um, did you know they make RPGs with these little Nintendo characters in them, David? What? Yeah. Did you know they made one for the 3DS called Mario and Luigi Dream Team? I did know that. Did you play it? I played some of it. Okay. (laughs) Good enough. Uh, you know, what's, uh, so this one, this is after Inside Story, or is this before Bowser's Inside Story? Oh, uh, this is after. After, okay. So, what's the deal with this one? You're incepting Bowser, I assume. No, you're. Um, there's like a another kingdom of like sleeping people things, um, and you find out that Luigi can enter a dream world um, at these like special magic altars, which are basically just stone pillows. Mm. Um, so, like, you're going around trying to save people from this dark evil whatever i didn't stick with this one ah. um i i really like these games um and i really like the series and i'm sad that we'll probably never get another one again but and i get it because it was the first one on the 3ds so like a lot of new players but this game was like endless tutorials oh, and as somebody that. who had played like the other three yeah, and they're already really they're already not complicated games. <laughs> so like how much tutorial do you need? Like, you know, hold just, the button remember, until the light lights up and let it go. Like <laughs> I remember sticking with this game, but I, I eventually dropped it because it was just so slow moving. I mean um, it kind of makes sense for a game that takes place in dreams. Yeah. You know, just true. Uh, yeah, very very dreamlike. Yeah, you just can't escape it. It's a nightmare you can't wake up from. Um Yeah. Uh you know, fun series that, uh, you know, I guess they're now announcing all these Paper Mario remakes. They're not announcing a whole lot of Mario and Luigi remakes. So uh, who knows what the future holds for Mario and Luigi and the Dream Team. But right now we've got two fantastic songs from composer, uh, maybe you've heard of her, Yoko Shimamura, um, fellow uh, VGM Mount Rushmore member there. We've got two songs. We've got Welcome to Pillow Blimport. Sounds deeply sexual and we've got try try again i think that is probably from super smash brothers because i feel like i listened to it and keyed in on it immediately so let's uh let's take on the dream team
that's like the main battle music in the game, right, David? Yeah. Yeah, that's just, I mean, man, talk about some fun battling tunes. Love that. Um, good times. Thank you, Yoko, for that. Thank you, Mario and Luigi. And uh, thank you to our next game for the good times. Uh, man, David, there's a game that came out recently, a little game called Pikmin 4. Did you know that it's the sequel to a game that came out almost exactly 10 years prior called Pikmin 3? I did not know that. Yeah, you'd forgotten about this, didn't you? What? Yeah. There was this system called the Wii U. It had like three good games that never made it off of it. I think Pikmin 3 might be one of them. Did they release? I'm actually now worried. Did they release a remake of Pikmin 3 for Switch? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did because I think you can nuts. play the entire Pikmin series on Switch. <laughs> good. Good for the series. Um, yeah, Pikmin 3 came out 10 years ago. Did you play much of that one? I did not okay yeah jesse um, what about you you we eunice no i i think i've only played a little bit of the first and second pick mm. i want to play four though it sounds awesome yeah i've seen a lot four of good things about four uh very cute i don't know why it takes them 10 years to make a fucking sequel in this series but uh yeah what was it pikmin pikmin 2 came out in like 2005 or 6 and then pikmin 3 came out in 2013 like it's just it's taking longer and longer to get sequels out in this series so like we'll get pikmin 5 in like 2060 um the thing that i think is weird is like i understand wanting to take breaks and i understand long development times and whatever but pikmin 4 was announced like two months after pikmin 3 came out they're like oh yeah we're already working on the sequel mm. and then it didn't come out for a decade son of a bitch i didn't know about that it's the Duke Nukem Forever of Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, God, picking men forever. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I never played Pikmin Three. I feel like they gave this game away as part of some kind of promotional thing to drive you know people's interest in Wii U games. Like you could download a couple of free games at some point, and somehow I didn't choose this one. <laughs> I feel great regret in not playing it because you know it's Pikmin. It's cute, but uh, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, lovely series that I'm glad is still a series. And uh, let's just hear some tunes. We've got two awesome songs from Pikmin 3 and composers Asuka Hayazaki, Asuko Asahi, and Hajime Wakai. We've got the cave and we've got the Twilight River. So, uh, actually, shit, real quick, David, what's the new Pikmin in this one? Let's you know, pluck a new Pikmin out of the ground. What's the new one? Uh, there's the rock Pikmin and oh. the flying Pikmin. Okay, who's, who's in your stable? Who's your stable of Pikmin? You can only pick one, rock Pikmin or flying Pikmin. Mm, uh, flying. Let's pluck that flying Pikmin out of the ground and head down to the cave of the Twilight River.
Man, I don't know about you, but that was just the energy boost I needed to get us through to the end of this episode. That really just, you know, wow. Pikmin, they uh, they get you hyped up, man. Uh, yeah, some, uh, very exciting series of games. Um, so speaking of that, I'm so hyped up that I think we could probably get through these next two games without actually saying anything about them. I'll be surprised if you do have anything to say about them. And based on how long we've been recording, I'm hoping you don't have anything to say about them. So let's get hyped 
thanks to that Pikmin music, and talk about Saints Row 4. Jesse, you're a Saints Rower, right? Um, no, but I hear this one is wild. Uh, like, is this the one with the dubstep? Um, I don't know, because they're all kind of weird about that. Um, I know you can try to romance everybody, but um, if you try to romance Keith David, he he kindly declines. Mm. Um, that's nice, I guess. So, um, it's a wild game. Okay, yeah, this one has the dubstep gun. You can. Cool. Say, is this the one that you can get superpowers in? Yeah, I think this yes. is the one where everything goes fully off the wall. Okay. Yeah. Um, I never played it, man. I never played a single Saints Row game. I feel like I really missed out. Okay. Because I, I feel like it was initially positioned as like, hey, here's a new like Grand Theft Auto-like game. And then they were like, you know what? Actually, fuck that. Let's make these games dumb as hell and just do a lot of wacky shit. And uh, I feel like I missed out by not playing these. I feel like I got to rectify that somehow. But let's do two songs from Saints Row the 4th uh, and composer Malcolm Kirby Jr. We've got Downtown City and we've got King Me.
Yeah, I took that first song a second to get going, but I'm, yeah, I, I knew I had chosen some uh, some dubstep there. I knew it. Um, you know, good soundtrack. Interesting series. Jesse, let's continue on to another interesting series. I bet you have less to say about this than the last one. Uh, a long-running series of games loosely connected by the words Tales of. Oh. Yeah, I know. Let's see. <laughs> so, do you have you heard the tales of Exilia? No, I definitely have not played that one. Yeah, I can't even tell you anything about that one. I, you know, I wow. was surprised to see it. D- David, what do you know of the tales of Exilia? Oh, with an X. Yeah, not a I damn still, thing. I've I've seen the title, but I don't know. Yeah, it's the it's the thirteenth game in the Tales series. It's on the uh, the PlayStation Three. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, again, I'm still baffled that this is even a series. How are you going to just make a, make a series that has just such a tenuous connection as the the word tales of, it's just not enough, but uh, that's Namco for you, baby. Um, the good thing about these games, uh, anime craziness and fantastic soundtracks. So let's just ignore the fact that none of us have played the tales games enough to talk about them. And listen to two fantastic songs from composer Motoi Sakuraba. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, we've got two fantastically titled songs. We've got the indomitable fists that know no equal. Stay out of my porn search terms. And we've got battle for a future to believe in. Also stay out of my porn search terms. Yeah.
it's crazy. It's not just search terms. It's also the, the soundtrack to the videos I like. It's, you know, these tales, man. They, uh, it's not just good video game music. It's, you know, it really gets you, entendre. gets you a cer- in a certain mood, man. Um, yeah, yeah, I like the the tales of uh, <laughs> Exilia. That's that super secret search term. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's getting late in the show, and thank God because uh, we're getting deliriously weird. And it's time for our final game of this edition of Game That Tune Gems, a uh, very, very interesting game that I have not played. That I'm hoping Jesse has played. I know David has not, but this game is endlessly fascinating. Because this is not the initial release of Final Fantasy XIV Online. What this is, is the 10th anniversary of the severe course correction that came out. Uh, this is Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Um, the fixing of a fucking botched <laughs> release that now has lasted for 10 years and is still played and beloved to this day, I believe. Like, I love the fact that they even subtitled it. No, no, we redid it. Telling you, the game's <laughs> fixed. <laughs> like it's it's we're it's a different thing. Uh, apparently, it's, it's apparently it's, it's really wild story. what they did to like the original game, like to retire the original game. Yeah, I, I need to look this up. But yeah, apparently, like they did a whole in-game storyline where the world literally ended, and like you know, the gods come out and like save a couple of characters, and then they say like, "We'll see you in a realm reborn," and everybody goes and plays this, and then suddenly the game is fixed, and it's a new game, and people like it. <laughs> it's you know, it's crazy. Um, I have not played Final Fantasy fourteen because I don't play fucking MMOs, but I uh. It makes me kind of want to. The fact that this game is still played and enjoyed 10 years later and that it's like the fixing of something they severely fucked up. And uh, I'm impressed. You know, color me intrigued. Well, you can play the first like, um, now I'm not I'm not trying to overwhelm you or anything, oh. but you could play the first, I'd say, like 100 or so hours of it for free right now. Oh, okay. The first hundred or so hours? Yes. <laughs> How many hours are there? I mean, I know it's a ten-year game at this point. Well, you see, they keep making, they kept making expansions for right. this game. Yeah. And so, I think the current trial is up to the second expansion. I want to say. Wow. Um, and then the other, like, I think three, you you can get like a bundle usually, and um, I've only played up to. I think the second one actually. Okay. Um, but it, it's a if, if you like MMOs, it's a really good one of those. If you like fan, Final Fantasy, it's Final Fantasy fan service up the wazoo. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what I've gathered from listening to the soundtrack on the radio. <laughs> yeah, it's very much. Hey, you like Final Fantasy? Well, we put Final Fantasy in your Final Fantasy so you can Final Fantasy while you Final Fantasy. I thought it was more like they put Final Fantasy in your World of Warcraft, but then they also just stuffed a bunch more Final Fantasy in there and it became a, you know, it's big own thing. But um, I say that with no basis. I have nothing, you know, I, I do not play MMOs, but, um, you know, I, I'm intrigued because I've become more of a Final Fantasy fan in the last several years and, uh, you know, would like to experience some part of this except for the part where you just said the first hundred hours or so is you know, <laughs> like that's a that's a demo you say no thanks man i you know, man i got a i got a kid and a the wife first I, yeah, hundred exactly, hours exactly that's you know, the first hundred hours like how can there be more how many like, hundred hours are there i guess i mean when you spread it out over the course of 10 years 
I can yeah, it's see. it's not so bad. It's not so bad. But like, you know, you tell me, hey, download this hundred hour demo. It's like, well, no, I, I can't, man. I'm, I don't plan to live that long. <laughs> like, it's, it's just not a possibility for me. But um, yeah, uh, a cool game, well liked uh, by a lot of people that uh, we talk with in the Game That Tune Discord. It's uh, frequently requested on the radio. That you know, people are basically banging down my door to get all the expansions on there. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. And gave them all the expansions. So there's a ton of this fucking music to choose from. Um, I tried to only pick songs from, you know, the, uh, the original Re realm reborn, but I reached out to some fans for some suggestions. So I got a couple of, uh, a couple of later tracks in here and we'll, we'll probably feature these going forward when these expansions come out, you know, cause we'll be making game that tune gems for another 10 years. We'll cover all of final fantasy 14 heaven's word. And, you know, blood before dishonor and uh, you know, Wait. backlash and fast lane and <laughs> yeah, uh, fantasy, no mercy. Exactly, you know, all these fucking pay per view Final Fantasies, <laughs> war games. <laughs> oh god, war games! Ah, can't wait. Um, Halloween Havoc's gonna be real weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best expansion though. God. Um, but yeah. So before I introduce them, want to say thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Jesse, David, thank you guys for being here. It's been a fun one, uh, a long one, a fucking immense edition of Game That Tune Gems. Dare I say how absurd? Uh, you know, but plenty of fun that you know we always have here on Game That Tune Gems. So if you're listening to this and enjoying it, share with a friend that loves video game music or loves our goofy shit. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening on Patreon and supporting us. And uh, you know we're gonna keep uh, keep on making these and having a good time. So let's hear super bonus beats edition of final fantasy 14 music that's right we're closing out not only with five songs five big fucking songs so you know, a real girthy finish here to game that tune gems we've got from composers uh masayoshi soken that's the main music guy for final fantasy 14 now has taken over the series great composer uh doing their thing we've got on westerly winds and then we've got from composer um nobuo omatsu uh, we got a little song called Answers, and then we're going back to the Soken section. We've got from Final Fantasy XIV, Ultima. We've got Papaya, which is just a lovely little diversion of a song. And then we've got Penitus to close us out, because uh, I think Taylor, one of our super fans on uh, Patreon, requested it as a troll and thought I wouldn't put it in the show, because it's 14 minutes long. But guess what? I put it at the end of the show. So there you go. We're closing out with like 40 fucking minutes of Final Fantasy XIV music, and we love you guys. Thank you for listening to Game That Tune Gems. How absurd. Peace out, everybody.
So be. Beautiful. 